You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Hi, welcome to Nick Luck Daily. It's Friday the 31st of March. Uh, Rishi Passad is my guest today. Goodness me, we've got a lot of news to get through. Uh, John Butler is on the phone to me now. So that is where we are going to start with an article yesterday in the Racing Post entitled BHA Urge to Improve Racecourse Security as John Butler Makes Pig Tranquilizer Claim. Um, John, so, so the floor is yours. So just for clarity, the, the horses superseded who'd been sent off seven to two favourite at Chelmsford. Um, you, you were there on on the day with no, I wasn't there. right. No, I wasn't there. You weren't there on the day. So what what was the sort of first you heard of it, John? And what was the sort of uh, well, feet? We just thought on the day we thought he, he he was a horse that ran a little bit. Um, um, he had a good run, then he'd have a bad run. So and clearly we we weren't too pushed about you know his the way he ran because uh, he can he could do that that type that superseded. That individual of a horse, but then when it came to see that that um, the horse was tranquilized or had, was was sedated with a peak tranquilizer, you know, it came it came a little bit more worrying to say that 
something. So after all the investigations, the BHA were very helpful. Um, you know, decided that it was just a kind of an unknown picture. They couldn't get a picture of what what did happen. You know, so that's the reason I only got a five hundred pound fine rather than getting um, up to a ten grand fine or, or a ban for my license. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just um, it's just frustrating to say that this went on on a race course where the BHA and the race courses are supposed to guard a horse as in theory for um, on race day, you know. Is it is this the first time you think this has happened to one of your horses, John? Oh uh, well yeah, to my own not knowledge. It happened to um the Easterbees last year, but they actually on the on cameras that day in Newcastle they got the, the people that did that yes. to 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 Easterby. So it's something the same as that, except this time around they didn't get the culprit because the camera images wasn't um uh wasn't um wasn't clear enough. Like at the end of the day we wouldn't be having this conversation if the if the CCTV was clear, because then we'd know exactly who went in and who didn't go in. Mm. So that's it's pretty simple, but it's just denying. You know? It's quite. It's kind of extra, it's 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 a it's, it's extraordinary to, uh, to me that this that that, that it, it it seems to have this is what's happened and the people can't be identified. It's also extraordinary that that this has been allowed to happen even so for a, for a horse. To be got at at a race course, it just it, it feels as though we should be well past this, John. Well, I suppose, but there's always, you know, it's 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 it's, it's one of those things. I suppose every day, every day, there's there's different aspects happening, and um, when you're working with animals and you're working with people, so there is always mistakes made by on everyone's behalf. And I think hopefully everyone will learn from this. And any race courses that uh, that uh, their CCTV isn't up to date. Maybe, maybe after this, they'll 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 work on it to get it updated. You know. Yeah. Uh, and, so uh, so just CCTV aside, you, you're happy with sort of how the, the since it was brought, you're happy with how the case has been handled. Of course, yeah. Listen, what more can they do? Mm. No one can do anything else. Like it's simple as that. Everyone had got a fair hearing, and uh, it's just denying that we didn't come up with the person that um, the person or the people who who actually. Um, administer this drug to the horses, you know. is my guest then. Rishi, what do you what do you make of this case? Well, Tom, I mean, simply from looking at it from our perspective, you know, sort of on the outside of it, it seems like what you should learn from it is that we ought to have uh, better quality CCTV footage. Yes, that's a, a seemingly a, a pretty clear-cut case for that. Um, and it's very, it's, it's a strange one because obviously there's there are no, uh, suspicious betting patterns uh, regarding uh, superseded the horse in question trained by John Butler on that occasion. So it's a very strange one to see, you know, what would have been the motive have been to um, administer the, the pig tranquilizer to the horse. So um, hopefully the one thing we can learn from it is that we can improve the quality of the CCTV footage in order to identify the person or persons uh, responsible for for the wrongdoing. Um, and that's something that needs to be taken forward. And hopefully that will be addressed sooner rather than later. There was one interesting footnote to the whole thing, though, I found, was that superseded, who obviously finished, it said here, distant last, um, was also disqualified. So that made sense. Uh, as in, as sorry, as in, so he was last anyway. But why? Why need to, yeah. the horse has to be disqualified then? Superseded, who finished a distant last, having dropped to the rear after a furlong. Um, I just, I, it did make me smile just to see that. Obviously, the horse was also disqualified mm. uh, in the whole, the whole 
proceedings. It was quite amusing, I thought. It's just a just a bad day all round for superseded. It doesn't rain, it pours, eh? Um, yeah, pours superseded. What, what, I suppose the other thing is, um, you know, John alluded to this in, in the interview, the fact that, you know, we are working with animals, there's betting involved, people are going to, to try and do these things or chance their arm, albeit on, on a hopefully not regular basis. But the, 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 it's clear that those involved felt they could get away with it and and have done so. And it's in fact, it's the trainer that's been fined for the five, a nominal £500 fee. Um, and, and it's a concern, not just that people are trying to do it, but but clearly that they feel they are they are so easily able to get away with it, whether or not they knew the the, the lack of quality on the CCT footage, I, I don't know. But it's, it's clearly pretty brazen to walk into a horse's stables and inject them intravenously. Well, this is the point that, uh, you know, what's the deterrent for people with those sort of intentions? If you know that you are going to be caught, going to be punished, um, you're unlikely to do it. And as you say, you know, if they knew the situation with regarding the level of CCTV footage, et cetera, then they could have taken the risk. I'm not sure. I mean, this is the problem with discussing this case is that so much of it is uh, not determined by fact. There's a lot of speculation involved in, in this discussion um but uh you would hope that this is another example to drive those responsible to put better measures in place to ensure that people don't even consider the option i mean where we are at in racing now is you know such an uh, such a, a professionally run sport you would hope and there's such finance involved with it that you ought to be taking every extra precaution to ensure the integrity of it and that's where we need to be operating at not worried about the fact that you know i mean it's i, I can't imagine it's that hard to get good cctv footage i mean if you have you know even now you can buy a camera for your own house for you know 75 pounds or whatever and it shows good quality um so i can't understand why it's not at a level that's uh, sufficient to determine identifying uh, perpetrators of wrongdoing uh, just lastly obviously this took place in march 2020 that the incident um the bha apologized for the de- delay blaming a covid backlog this is it acceptable to you covid or no covid that it has taken this long um i suppose I, the, I, the mitigating factor of covid i mean let's face it covid knocked people sideways for such a long time that you know it, they need to catch up i mean I, I i personally i'm happy to accept covid as a backlog excuse um if you consider the length of time everything went on for but there will come a point when people can't say the mm. delay was down to covid um but as things as things stand at this moment you can understand why i mean let's face it there are more you know every week there are a number of cases and issues being brought before the BHA or brought by the BHA. So um, no surprise that certain things are taking a while to get, uh, to get dealt with. Um, also in the post, Kevin Brogan successfully uh, overturned a careless riding ban following a low sun incident. What do we know here? Yeah, he appealed. Um, he was given a seven day ban for careless riding um, involving a race at Doncaster where um, Danny McMenamin on, a, on another horse clipped heels and there was he obviously picked up that band uh, Kevin Brogan um, but the panel yesterday or very recently um, basically laid laid the blame at the situation of the of the sun um, they were saying the sun, low sun being notorious 
uh, very difficult in national hunt racing. Um, and the riders were uh, required to take a lateral course and there was no option to ride straight. I think the issue with, uh, if you look back at the race, if you look back at what happened, um, it seemed as if there was nothing that Kevin Brogan could have really done uh, to have predicted or assumed what was going on. Um, Danny McMenamin's horse, thankfully Danny McMenamin was also unharmed in the fall. Um, he said his horse had tried to go right um, just as the horses in front of him wanted to go left. And that contributed to the clipping of heels. And it was it's one of those situations when you, if you look back at it, I mean, there's very little that Kevin Brogan could have done to to stop the situation from happening. And so it wasn't really a surprise that the three-man panel um, decided to to uphold the appeal. I mean, the one point that they made was that, obviously, they had a couple of hours to come up with a decision, whereas the stewards at Doncaster had a much shorter time in which to conduct the investigation and come up with a decision of the seven-day ban, um, whereas they were able to look back at recordings, etc., and hear evidence from Danny McMenamin and Kevin Brogan and decide uh, with a bit more uh, thought to the pro process why um what happened happened and it was a, a reasonable ex, uh, explanation from all parties involved and i think it's a it's a satisfactory outcome uh, also the whip rules so um there's been further amendments it, it, it this seems a case of the bha and the, and the pga working together to a to a satisfactory outcome for both parties now this isn't a a, a change to the whip rules um, in their in the jockeys using the whip, but it's a it's a, a change to the application of said rules. So what do we know here, well, Rishi? So it's primarily to do with repeat offences, and uh, you know um, any jockey who commits three offences of any type normally, or as the rules have been recently. Uh, three offences of any type, you go to an independent judicial panel um, to determine uh, a punishment, but that's being changed on an interim basis. Um, so there's been discussion between the BHA and the PGA um, that uh, for the moment, until there's a, I believe there's going to be a formal review done in the summer, um, but for the moment, so there are a number of stipulations. Um, a jockey who is referred to the panel following a third uh above permitted level only offense were uh within a six month period that's one of the uh new uh su suggestions but a jockey will not be referred to the panel after just three technical offenses um instead a jockey commits five offenses of any type um within the six month period will be referred to the independent judicial panel and should a jockey be referred to either three above the permitted level offenses or five offenses of any type then these offenses drop off their referral records so a jockey cannot be referred twice for the same offense music to the ears of, of harry cobden um who also in um because he was potentially uh due a a, a spell on the sidelines um and in his uh, discussions. He mentioned that he'd spoken to Brant Dunshay and to David Jones, and those discussions seemingly have borne fruit. Um, and this is one of the mo most positive things: is the fact that there is actually communication between the parties involved directly, and it feels like everything's getting a little bit better with that communication in order to bring a situation which um, allows everyone to to implement the new rules. In a, in a manner that allows it to be done without uh, stringent 
um, disciplinary action taken for infringement um, at this particular juncture, whereas further down the line, after review in the summer or uh, maybe slightly later, um, they can come up with um, a, a slightly different approach to it. So you would you take a largely positive view of the of the new whip rules and their application how we've arrived at this stage or do you feel there might be some out there who would say well hang on where we are now and I, i'm absolutely not saying there's anything with the, with the rules or their application at the moment i actually don't think there is but i think i think there could be some out there who feel that we're at a very different point to where we looked as though we were going to be at the, in the middle of last year after the steering group and, and is that satisfactory to arrive at a rather different point to where we felt we were going to be um, I think we are in a better place than where I thought we would be maybe a few months ago. Um, certainly the initial concerns that myself, many others would have had, um, have been allayed by particularly what happened at the Cheltenham Festival, for example. Um, and I like the fact that um, one of the positives to come out of what seemingly was a slightly uh, awkward situation where there seemed to be a disconnect between, um, I would say, between the PGA, their members, um, and what had been discussed by the BHA. Um, I felt that that was pretty clear that there'd been some sort of disconnect in the communication, but I feel like that has actually been allayed and it's got a lot better. Uh, and I feel that the understanding of of what the jockeys require in, ter in terms of to deliver what the BHA and what the sport would like to see in terms of perception, there's a slightly better understanding from both parties as to what's needed in order to achieve what everybody wants to achieve, which is a better perception, a better use of the whip, um, and a better understanding of how the whip works or how the riders uh, operate with using the whip. So I think it's worked quite well. And I'm, I, I have to say that I was not as positive about it a couple of months ago, but I feel much better about it as a racing fan. Yeah, one thing that is definitely detrimental to our sport is infighting. And this is a clear example of two bodies working together which ultimately can can only be a good thing. I guess the BHA got to strike that balance of of strength, but compassion and 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 ruling without dictating, etc. And it, it appears that this is this is largely positive. Certainly with with um, the PGA and the, and the BHA working together. Who knew? Well, let's look ahead to the Grand National now. And Tom Gibney joins me. Who has Velvet Elvis? Uh, Velvet Elvis. Tom, um, second twenty second now. Last time, assuming that was very much a prep for. For Irish or for Aintree, Tom? Um, Aintree, I suppose. Um, well, he's in both still, and there hasn't been a definite decision made yet, but uh, Aintree would probably be first preference if uh, everything is right. What, what is the reason for that? Just the, the lure of the, the Grand National itself, the prize money on offer? Yeah, exactly. You said it. Uh, Yeah. Well, look, you know, it's um, maybe maybe that this this Grand National is a race for young horses now because he's definitely got age on his side, hasn't he? This seven-year-old. Yeah, 
Just reflect on Navin last time, if you can, and sort of how you approached the race. Tell me about the others that you've got in the Irish. Then you're, you're still going to have runners there if if Velvet goes to to Aintree. Are you've got Must Be Obeyed and um, uh, one other, I think, in there. Yeah, Regina. Uh, well, Regina won't. She won't get in anyway. Um, and uh, her team has has gone the court to stand at all. Uh, so she definitely won't be running. But uh, the other mayor, if she if she squeezed in. Uh, Well, it is the return of the flat turf season and the breeze ups and things like that are just around the corner. It's about time. I think we, we checked in with our friends at Tattersall's and marketing director Jimmy George joins me now. Jimmy, you all, all, all set fair for the start of the turf season? Yes, morning, Tom. Um, always an exciting time of year. We've been waiting, waiting for the start of the flat turf, like a lot of people, with um, huge anticipation and excitement. And obviously, the um, Townsville's breeze up season is nearly upon us as well, with the Craven breeze up sale taking place from seventeenth to nineteenth of April. So, a lot to look forward to. And is that the, the Craven is the is the big one in your minds? Not to detract away from the from the Guineas sale, but 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 the Craven is sort of the the one that takes the bulk of your focus at this stage? Yes, I think it's fair that the uh, Tattersall's Craven Breeze Up sale is the, is the premier sale of its type um, in, in Europe and uh, a proven source of, of very, very high-class horses, um, not least last year's uh, classic winners, Native Trail and Cachet, who I think typify the sort of quality that buyers have come to expect from the Craven Breeze Up sale in recent years. And... Uh, not just quality, but value for money. Cachet was um, purchased by High Clear for only 60,000 guineas. Extraordinary to see her go on to classic glory sort of around this time last year. And Native Trail might seem expensive at 210,000 guineas, but to, again, he was uh, <laughs> he's a spectacular bargain as well. And uh, the great thing about Native Trail was he was the first and so far only winner of uh, one of the 250,000 pound titles Craven Royal Ascot Group 1 bonuses when he won his group one as a two-year-old and uh, so the bonuses have been very very well received since we introduced them and obviously every horse in the Craven Breeze Up is also eligible for a £15,000 Tassels Craven Breeze Up bonus if they win their two-year-old maiden so um, there's, a, there's a lot there's a lot for prospective owners to, to, to aim for at the Craven. Yeah, it's so interesting because I think sort of bonus-wise at the forefront of my mind is always sort of back end of the season yearling sales bonuses-wise, but there's there's just as much incentive to buy these breeze-up horses. Yeah, I think it's very, very important that people realise that, uh, OK, there's a focus on, on prize money and quite rightly so, but... 
scratch the surface and there's a lot of opportunity to win prize money particularly um you know we've, we've devoted an awful lot of resource financial resource to the book one bonuses in the last few years and the craven breeze up bonuses and we've distributed the thick end of eight million pounds in, in bonus prize money to to, to lucky owners and uh, so it's not all doom and gloom on the prize money front and uh, in addition with the £250,000 bonuses for these Craven horses, as I say, Native Trail went on to win one and uh, last year Wallbank came very, very close to landing the Royal Ascot bonus when he was second in the Norfolk. So these are very readily achievable goals for these horses and uh, it's, it's a lot to look forward to for the owners and it brings them to the Craven Breeze Up sale. Do we know at this stage how many horses are going to be breezing at the Craven? Yeah, it's a decent-sized catalogue. It's actually the largest crate and breeze up we've had for a, for a while. So we've got just over two hundred catalogued, and uh, you know, obviously there'll be a few ads, but uh, this is the largest crate and breeze up catalogue for a very long time. So uh, there's there's plenty to look forward to in that respect. They breeze on the seventeenth of April at the Rowley Mile, and that uh, and that's all uh, shown live on the Talisman's website. So anybody who's actually unable to uh, attend the breeze live can can watch it through the stream on our, our website and each of those breezes goes up on the website very very soon after the conclusion so all the information and, uh, and, and everything that everybody needs is, is readily available very quickly uh, the catalogue for the for the guineas breeze up sale around yeah, that's online at the moment. Be out with everybody pretty soon, and again, a very high class catalogue and a, and a sale that has had its fair share of very very high class horses in recent years. Not not least last year, Platinum Queen mm. was bought at the Guineas Breeze Up sale last year. Obviously, went on to to achieve something that hadn't been done since the late seventies. Uh, that being a two year old winning the Prix de Labbe. She cost fifty seven thousand guineas for the uh, for the Midland Park team. Very shrewd purchase and was sold for 1.2 million guineas at uh, one of the sector sessions of the Tannifel's December sale at the end of last year to Katsumi Yoshida of Northern Farm. So it uh, just shows what, uh, what what can be achieved with a little bit of luck and the wind blowing in the right direction. <laughs> uh, that's a, 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 great, a great story to see a horse achieve quite so much in such a short space of time and then go on to, to reap those spectacular rewards and... Uh, we hope to see her at Group 1 level again this year, although with, with Roger Varian now. Um, and uh, look, I shouldn't forget the few other stars from the Guineas Breeze Up sale either. Dear old Trushan, who's multiple Group 1 winning stayer, uh, purchased for only 31,000 guineas by Anthony Bromley and, and Alan King, who've done so well targeting both of the Tannisals Breeze Up sales over recent years. They, they really do remarkably well with, with their purchases. And Crypto Force, again, I'd like to say a live classic contender for this year. Time Test Colt, who was purchased by Michael O'Callaghan for 160,000 guineas and went on to win the Beresford. So these sales, I, th I think it sort of reminds you that these sales are consistently producing horses of group calibre and classic potential. And that's the key to it. They're not just whiz-bang two-year-olds. I think wrongly for a long while, Breeze Up Sales uh, got that sort of a reputation. But actually, not at all. These sales are producing tough, hardy sorts that not only perform at a very high level, 
they combine that with longevity mm. and, and that's a very very key part of the message that I think we and the Breeze Up consigners have been very very keen to get across to the buyers and, and, and both both the Craven and the Guineas have demonstrated that very graphically in recent years. Yeah, well, like you say, it's not just fast horses, is it? You mentioned Trucia. Trip to Paris was another Breeze Up horse, was he not? Absolutely, yeah. Trip to Paris. So, you know, two of the two of the best players in recent years both came from Tadassel's Breeze Up sales and both bought for, um, well, 31,000 guineas in the case of Trucian and uh, I think by memory, little more than 10,000 mm. guineas in the case of Trip to Paris. I mean, he, he was absolutely wonderful and, and took Ed Dunlop and the owners... Uh, on, on, a, on a very memorable journey. So, yeah, I, I think that, it, it, you know, as I say, these, these horses demonstrate the diversity of the types of horses that people can come to expect at Breeze Up Sales at Talisals nowadays. And uh, I think there's an awful lot of quality on offer in the, in the weeks to come. Is there a horses in training centre around the corner, or am I too early? Yeah, there, there is a horse and training section attached to um, to the Guineas Breeze Up sale. Uh-huh. So, uh, so prior to the Guineas Breeze Up sale, we have uh, 150 uh, horses and training catalogued, which um, again is is the, the largest um, collection of horses and training that we've had at, at that particular fixture for a while. Um, so, yeah, again, uh, it's a it's a sale that attracts buyers at. Um, you know, from throughout the world, and the horse in training sales at Tadassals never cease to amaze in terms of their ability to attract um, extraordinary international cast of buyers. And there's there's some decent horse in training in there as well. There's um, the, uh, the arguably the um, the most eye catching, um, uh, not just because he's a big lad, um, is a, a horse called Zealot, who um, is he's actually. I think off the top of my head, he's actually won seven of his last eight races, um, and is now rated ninety-six. And uh, he's a he's a bit of a star, and he's a fine, big, scopy horse. So uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure he'll attract plenty of attention. He's a winner over a mile and ten furlongs. So uh, the international market should should um, he should appeal to buyers from from all over the world. And uh, so there's plenty uh, plenty on offer in that respect too. Well, continuing our, our look ahead to Doncaster and the Lincoln, uh, Carl Burke joins me, who, who has a runner in the Lincoln in the form of, of Eileen Dew, also got another uh, good few chances on the day. Eileen, first of all, Carl, I, I tell you, some, some year he had last year. He had a great year. You're going to rollick enough the owner, keep calling her Eileen, though. It's Eileen Dew. Eileen Dew is uh-huh. how you pronounce it, Black Isle. Now, I've, I've, I've met the owner so many times and he's schooled me on how to say it and I still don't get it right. <laughs> Very progressive there up till um, to Goodwood, and he um, picked up an injury on the way to the start at Goodwood, and had to have the rest of the time. You know, we had to withdraw him that day. Um, he's had a good long rest. He's working very well. Don't like the draw in one, which is a bit of a shame, but um, nothing we can do about that. But uh, obviously, a very competitive race. He'll love the ground. He seems pretty fit. He's had a gallop away at Wolverhampton a few weeks ago, and. Uh, I- uh, yeah, we're very hopeful, not confident, just very hopeful. Um, I thought he ran ran very well at uh, Wolverhampton there um, in the trial race, and he was he definitely got tired. He definitely come on from that, and the the extra half furlong, a furlong out, he, I thought he was going to take a hand in the race, and just got a bit tired. And Cliff looked after, looked after him nicely. Uh, what, what you don't like the draw because it's on a wing because you think it will develop the other side. It's not going to suit him. I just think yeah, he just just 
a little bit of cover just early. I don't want him travelling too strong too soon. He's a strong travelling horse, so being on the wing doesn't suit. And, and you're guessing then that you're on the right side. I mean, mm. he is drawn next to George Bowie's horse. I, I would imagine will go forward, and that's fancy. So there is a bit of pace there. And who knows? We might be on the right side, but you, you, until you, until the day, you're, you're guessing really. I'll have a walk of the track, but even then, I'm not sure it. Um, it tells you an awful lot when it's very soft. All right, just add the runners on the day. What's indication call like in the Brocklesby? Um, a horse that will improve an awful lot for a run. Uh, um, I wasn't going to run him. Um, and then he's quite—he's a very lazy horse at home. He hasn't had a gallop away from home or anything. Having said that, the one main reason for running, I'm pretty sure, confident he'll like the ground. And I think hes he's got a lot more ability than he gives us at home so I'm hoping the race will wake him up but I'm not expecting him to to be um, troubling the judge uh, on, on Saturday I think he'll improve plenty for the run OK good he's 11 to 2 at the moment so he might be 10 to yeah, 1 come the day I now very, we'll see I was very, I was very <laughs> surprised when I saw he was second favourite at the, at the initial um, say, uh, look he looks fantastic um, had a good look at him in the evening so was yesterday and he looks he, he looks a hell of a lot better than he did two weeks ago so I'll be disappointed if he doesn't run a nice race but I'll be very surprised if he's fit enough and, and sharp enough for a debut win um, To the nines is drawn the other side 21 you happy with that? Yeah all my, all my other horses apart from Aileen Do Aileen Do is um, uh, drawn high so um, I, th- I would imagine they'll arrowhead in the other races towards the centre they usually do at Doncaster or they have been re- recently so the nines yeah he's in great form um, we sort of he had a good few runs there on the all weather but uh, the last sort of month we just backed off running him to freshen him up for this um, then I didn't think we'd get in it and thankfully we've sneaked in it so it's a nice prize to go at I, I think he'll handle the ground whether he really wants it, they soft that we're going to get there on uh, tomorrow. I'm not sure, but I think he'll handle it. And I can see him running a, I can see him running a big race. But again, whether he's good enough to win, um, we'll, we'll find out. Okay, for the uh, Camage Trophy, El Caballo's five to two. Fast response is ten to one. Is that about right? Do you think? On what we know at home, yes. Um, if, yeah, I think so. I mean, El Caballo is working very, very well. He's um, he's going to come on a little bit for the run, but he's a class animal. And again, he wants a bit of cut in the ground. Ideally, I wouldn't want to start him off on such soft ground, but um, but I'd rather run him on this than, than any jar. Well, he won't run with, on a track with any jar in it. So yeah, we're very hopeful of El Cavallo this season. We seem to he seems to be right back to himself. Um, this is like a prep runner to tell us whether we're good enough to go for the City of York at um, the, the uh, at the Dante meeting. Um, but we're very hopeful. Having said that, fast response loves Doncaster, and she is she excels on on very heavy ground, and she's fairly fit. Um, but last year she really improved as the season went on. So. Um, she hasn't really come in a coat like a lot of the fillers at this time of year. She doesn't look as well as some of the others. So I'm expecting her to come on a lot for the race, but it wouldn't surprise me to see her run a big race. Right, and it sounds like El Caballo's as, as ready as he can be for this. Yeah, we haven't, you know, he's had one gallop away and he got up very well there three weeks ago. But uh, equally, he will come on a fraction for, for fitness, um, but he's fit enough to do himself justice, I think. Okay, just uh, look ahead to Guineas at this stage. You've got, I think, about uh, six entered, three in each, I think, 
Um, Holloway Boys shortest to the Colts and Electric Eyes shortest to the Phillies. Are you, you going to take in trials with them? Who are you hoping is going to make the grade at this stage? Electric Eyes go straight to the Guinness. Um, Swing Along will go to for the, the Fred Darling race at uh, Newbury um, over seven. I'm confident she'll get seven. Uh, and I'm pretty pretty hopeful and sure that she'll get the mile, but she could possibly go to Newbury and then the French Guinness mm-hmm. rather than the English. But that race will tell us there. Um, Nova Kai, Sheikh Mohammed obeyed her owner. Uh, you know she's out of a mile and a half, mile six mare, so he's pretty keen to step her up in trip. And I wouldn't argue with that, but I, I sort of said we better leave her in the Guinness in case it turns up soft ground. Um, she ran a cracking race there in the Phillies Mile um, at the end of last season and then got a second to commission, was it, of uh, John Gosden's. She's a high-class filly, but she's definitely going to get further. She will probably wait for the um, Phillies listed at York over mile two or at the same week. There's, she's in the group once on Allery at um, the French Guineas meeting, so mm. they're her options. Electric Eyes will definitely go straight there. She worked very well this morning under Danny Todd. I hope he was delighted with her. That's the first time he sat on her since last year. Um, so, yeah, we're very happy with all three fillies. And the Colts, Holloway Boy, will definitely go straight to the Guineas. He worked very well this morning as well. And Flight Plan um, will go to Newcastle next Friday for the listed Burridge. Is it Burridge Stakes? Um, the listed mile. And then all be well. He's been working very well through the winter. Danny rode him as well this morning. Was delighted with him. Hopefully, he'll tell us next week he's good enough to have a crack at the Guineas. Okay, and that leaves Indestructible, who's probably not going to head there. Yeah, no, Indestructible. He's a little bit behind um, the others uh, fitness-wise. He worked this morning and needed the work, but worked well enough. Um, ben Curtis rode him this morning and he will improve. I'd be keen to give him a trial race and probably at Newbury and uh, and then we can take it from there. But he's in the French Guineas, he's in the English Guineas. Um, he's a nice horse, but as I say, he's just a little bit behind work-wise the other. So um, although he didn't uh, show his best today, I, I'm not, um, I wouldn't be concerned about that. He had a nice blow and he'll come on for it. Okay, new acquisition from Michael Callahan Stable. Carl, thanks ever so, so much for the update. Good luck at the weekend. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Do you have a tip for the Lincoln, Rishi? Or, or do you? does your tip today come from the Lincoln? Do you have a view on the Lincoln? Is your tip elsewhere? Uh, answer um, each of those questions individually, please, if you can remember them all. Not a problem, Tom. I'll give you a tip for today. Yes. Um, that's running today. And that is in the last race at Lingfield. Um, Pablo del Pueblo. Simon Dow has his horses in tremendous form at the moment. Five furlongs is his trip. His last two wins have come over five furlongs. Um, Jack Mitchell rides. I think uh, he'll take some stopping. And my tip for the Lincoln is a while um, for Simon and Christopher James Doyle, the Dubai World Cup runner-up combo. Um, this is but... this is my tip too, Rishi. So this is a worry. Oh God, no. Um, well, clearly, clearly this is coming from two people who just spent some time at the Dubai World Cup, which is just pretty obvious, did isn't you, it? Did you speak to the Crispins as well? Uh, maybe, maybe I did. Yeah, did you? I I, did. They didn't say a single word. I used my form study time to um, come up. No, I um, spoke. To, I, like I, I also spoke Sorry. to Algiers, but he didn't say a word either. Go on. <laughs> I hope you didn't speak to him after the race. Um, I, I, I just looking at his form from last season. You know, he's he's got a verdict over the. 
uh, over the favourite Almub here. I like the side that he's drawn on slightly more. I prefer 17 with a bit of cut in the ground. Um, so I would hope that he's got a lot of improvement to come. He's only had four runs. Uh, I know there are other horses in the race who clearly have potential on the likes of Wanese and even Almud here, who I'm certain is better than we've seen so far. Um, but I think as things stand, a while would be the choice for me. What do you like? Uh, Apart from a while, do you like anything today? Yeah, I like Wanese as well, a lot, who... Oh. Um, when he ran at Sandown um, last year, he did. He was about the only horse on the card to come from off the pace and, and win on that sort of you know flat jumps card they have uh, across the oh, two the days. Cup, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and he he did well to win that day. Um, that was with the hood on. I don't think he's worn it since, and now he's got it back on. He clearly goes well fresh. I still think on that form he's pretty well treated. So I, I, I liked his chances as well. One ease. Uh, you're Pablo de Pablo today and. Um, the Christmas. Oh, well. well, there you go. Who I, yeah. His name I forgot. I also like. Um, <laughs> good, good. We're there. Uh, thanks very much for Lovely. for your contribution, Rishi. What what is that noise? That that sort of rumbling in the back. I can hear that rumbling. Can oh, you stop it, Tom? It, is, uh, actually, is, uh, yeah, no, don't. It's oh, like a stomach mother. rumbling, a really hungry it stomach. It's not hungry. It thinks it's hungry, but it's not hungry. Two days of food poisoning has laid me flat. So, no, has, um, is this the longest stretch you've ever gone without food? God, yeah, I'm start. Part of me is starving, and part of me doesn't want to touch food. So, it's a real, it's a real head wreck for for me at the moment. Um, well, I think it's important that all your supporters and and fans <laughs> out there send you pictures of delicious food on social media all day. <laughs> Thanks, Rish. Thankfully, Thanks, they, they everyone. Far between. Have a great day, Tom. Thanks, everyone at home for listening. Um, Charlotte will have the Saturday edition up for you later on today, and Nick. We'll be back next week. That was Friday the 31st of March. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.